Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Impossible Podcast, the show where we challenge you to push your limits and do something impossible through interviews with athletes and entrepreneurs doing hard things, and sometimes smaller shows like today's. Before we get into it, I want to say thank you and welcome to all our new listeners. Longtime readers and listeners will know that impossible is not a statement, it's a challenge to push the edges of your limits and find out what's possible. That's why I have a big old line through the middle of the logo. Also, heads up, because we are on the podcast homepage this week for Apple Music. So if you're thinking about leaving a review and you haven't done it yet, now is a good week to do it as we get ready to kick off 2018 and we have a lot of people joining us. Like I said, today's show is going to be a little different. Today I'm going to be doing my annual review for 2017 and showing you how you can do your own as well. I should note here that I blatantly stole this review process from my friend Chris Gillibo, who runs a site called Art of Nonconformity and Side Hustle School. That said, it's been super helpful and helped me slow down, take inventory of the year, and plan the months coming forward. It's pretty straightforward, but basically it entails reviewing what went well this year, what were the highlights, what went badly, and what were the lowlights. You can make it more complicated or simpler than that, but I've included a template that you can get for yourself to do your own annual review at impossiblehq.com slash annual review. Let's get into it. All right, so to kick things off, I like to look at what went well and then what were the highlights of the year. And then I follow that up with what didn't go so well and what were the lowlights. And for me, on the what went well side of things, uh, this was dominated all year by three numbers, 777. And if you're not familiar with what 777 means to me, <laughs> this was my challenge, the 777 project, to run seven ultra marathons on seven continents in order to raise enough money to build seven schools with Pencils of Promise. I started this back in 2014, and halfway through my first ultra marathon race, I think it was about a 40-mile race, halfway through, I rolled my ankle really badly. Not just a small roll, but a pretty big roll. I finished the race uh, about 15, 13, 14 miles after I rolled my ankle. Uh, I finished the race and found out maybe a week later when I got back to the States that I basically tore my peroneal tendon, which is a major tendon in your leg, and had to do rehab for the next six months. I also found out around that time that I w my business was involved in a trademark lawsuit uh, that we had to resolve, and that was quite a headache. And so... 777 went on pause for maybe two years, uh, maybe 18 months to two years. And then about this time last year, I had to make a decision. I had to either decide to let 777 go or finish it. And if you guys know me, I don't like to leave things unfinished. And so my number one goal going into 2017 was to finish 777. And I had done two races and I think we had raised somewhere maybe close to like $40,000 out of the $175,000 that we wanted to raise. And so in the first part of 2017, I ran five ultra marathons in three months. I kicked it off with a race in Australia on New Year's Eve, running 12 hours through the night, 6 p.m. New Year's Eve to 6 a.m. New Year's Day. I followed up three weeks later with a 100-kilometer race 
in Antarctica. Two weeks later, I ran a 50-kilometer race in Bangkok, Thailand. And then three weeks later, I ran a 66-kilometer race in the Arctic in Finland. And then about a month and a half later, I finished it all off with two oceans marathon and South Africa. And on top of that, we had to do all the fundraising. And this was the especially tough part. By the time I had finished the seventh ultra marathon, uh, we were still about $20,000 short of our total goal. So what we did was we partnered with Jesse Itzler, who's an author, an entrepreneur, and a part owner of the Atlanta Hawks. He has a group online called We Do Hard Stuff, where people do fitness challenges every single month, and then he donates to charity for all the finishers of that challenge. We partnered up and matched funds, and in July, together, we raised about $36,000. And so the total raised, our goal was $175,000 for 777, and we ended up raising about $193,000 and change which is pretty awesome. This is one of those things that when I set out to do it, I didn't know if I could. In fact, I actually thought I couldn't. And then when I got hurt and then I had my business issues, I really didn't know if I could finish it. And so sitting down, deciding at the end of last year that I was going to do this thing no matter what, and then setting out and going and finishing it was a huge highlight of the year. It took uh, a ton of time, a ton of travel. For the first six months of the year, I was living out of a backpack in hotels, planes, constantly on the road. Literally didn't have a home because I was just out on the road running all these ultra marathons, traveling, and getting to all the places around the world that I needed to get to. So that was a huge highlight for me. A few other things that I was really pumped about in 2017. This, I relaunched the podcast. I really enjoyed doing the podcast. We had done it in the past. People really enjoyed it. And I've really enjoyed the past month and a half or so of just getting down, talking to athletes, talking to entrepreneurs, and having conversations that I would normally be having with these people, but having an excuse to talk to them anyways, and sharing their stories, their impossible challenges with you, and reminding you guys that you can go out and do way more than you think you can. On a more introspective note, one of the highlights that I had this year was that a lot of people talk about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And this year, I think I really did that. Despite not having a base and traveling all the time, I really embraced the world travel nomer. I visited, I think, over 25 different countries. I regularly bought one-way tickets without an exact idea of how I was going to get myself out of it. I committed to doing 777 and finishing it without having an assurance that I was going to be even able to stay healthy or finish uh, what I started. And I was able to knock it out and finish it up. And it was fun. I was able to see two more continents that I'd never been to before. Finally got to Antarctica run a marathon and that type of weather. And it was really, really fun. The other thing that I actually really enjoyed on the back half of the year was rediscovering routine. Now, I basically haven't had a base, a home base for the whole year of 2017 because of the travel, because of just everything that's going on. But in the back half of the year, I was able to really develop a much better creative and work routine. It's really tough to get a lot of really deep, thoughtful work done on the road when you're traveling every two days or changing hotels or Airbnbs 
every 48, 72 hours. And so the back half of the year, once I finished 777, was really nice to be able to sit down, write more, podcast more, and get back into other routines besides just running, like lifting weights. And I've really enjoyed the routine and discovering routine again, because it's something that I haven't had for a long time. And it's a lot easier to get work done when you have a desk and you can work at it and you know you can work at it every single day rather than playing like the digital nomad hunger games that happens when it comes to finding an open seat at a coffee shop somewhere around the world. When I look back on 2017, those are the four things that I was really pumped about. Finalizing 777, which is a three-year project that took a lot of time and energy and I'm really happy to have it finished. Relaunching the podcast, being here with you guys, being able to talk to you guys, and being able to talk to inspiring people for me and getting reminders that you've only accessed so little of what you're capable of and that you can endure so much more than you think you can. And then on top of that, actually practicing getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and two, rediscovering routines. All right, now in the highlights section, I like to look back on the year and find a few things that really stood out to me as far as specific experiences that I had. And a couple ones that stood out, one, visiting Union Glacier in Antarctica and running 100K. For a long time, I didn't even know that it was possible to get to Antarctica and being able to get down there 500 miles uh, just outside the South Pole and running a 100-kilometer race, which I didn't know if I could do. Doing both those things at the same time, that was mind-blowing and it was awesome and I'm never going to forget that experience. Right after that is running the 66-kilometer race in Finland. And if you guys have been following 777, Finland was where everything went wrong. My water bladder broke uh, before the start of the race. Halfway through the race, I ran out of water. I had to eat snow. I finally found a aid station that had a campfire but no actual water, so I had to melt snow to make water. Then the water refroze. And there were so many things that went wrong in that race. When I finished the race, the doctors thought I had fractured my toe, swollen up, and it was all black and blue. It was not good. And there's so many things that went wrong in that race. But it's one of my favorite experiences from the year just because it was less of a race than it was an expedition. And it was something that I just decided halfway through, this is happening. (laughs) You can't do anything about it. And best thing to do is finish fast because you'll be out here less time. So that was awesome. Had an amazing time. Finland's a really cool place, especially up north in Lapland. So number three, and these are all 777 related because it was such a big part of my year, was running the last race in South Africa. My buddy Alan Perlman came out and ran it with me. Uh, South Africa has a special place in my heart because I ran my first really big ultra marathon down there a few years back with comrades and two oceans was an awesome race we had about 11,000 people out there and after running races as with as few as 10 people in it it was really nice to be able to run a race and have people around that were cheering you the whole entire time on top of it two other highlights that have to do with Jesse Itzler uh, working with Jesse's group to raise $36,000 in change and building another school with Pencils of Promise was awesome. I reached out to him on a whim. He was down and it turned out to be something really, really cool. And the schools are going to be built uh, later this year and early next year. 
later this year, it's <laughs> we got three days left of this year. So they're going to be uh, finished up and built uh, early next year in 2018, which is really awesome. Another thing that happened with Jesse is he does an event every year called Hell on the Hill, where he has this gnarly hill in his backyard, and you just run up and down it a hundred times. It sounds simple. You're like, okay, I know what a hill is. You don't know what Jesse's hill is like. And doing Hell on the Hill was incredibly hard. I did about two months after, I think, my last, two or three months after my last race, and I was in altar shape. I was not in hill running shape. And that hill was super tough, but it was an awesome event. It was awesome to get to hang out with Jesse. And it was cool to meet all these other people that were also pushing their limits, doing hard things, and really getting after it. So that was a lot of fun. Three other small things uh, that I had a really good time with this year. On the way back from South Africa, after my seventh race, I found myself in Europe. And I think I was in Switzerland and found I was really close to Liechtenstein. And I didn't know what Liechtenstein was. I knew it was a country, but didn't know anything about it. Turns out it's the sixth smallest country in the world. And so I decided, okay, well, I might as well visit it. And it's only 13 miles across, so I might as well run it. Uh, I need a reason to go there, and there's not a lot to do in Liechtenstein, so I figured I'd just run it. So I did that, thought that was fun, and then found myself on the way to uh, the south of France and ended up in Monaco and realized, okay, Monaco's three miles. I should run that. And so right after I finished running seven ultra marathons on seven continents, I ran across two countries. And I don't know if I'm going to continue <laughs> that project, but it's uh, it's kind of fun. It gives you a reason to visit places, and I might try to do the top 10 smallest countries and see if I can run across them just for fun because it's a, it's a cool way to see a lot of the country. And it was the first time I've tried to do specific uh, adventure like that in a country, and it's kind of fun. The other highlight that I had for the year was that around Thanksgiving, I got to go out and visit my grandmother's farm where we kind of grew up in the summers. And after traveling around the world so much and doing all the different things that I got to do in 2017, it was really nice to take some time away from the city, away from people, and just be out in nature. And I'm going to be trying to do a lot of that in the next year. I think I visited about 25 different countries this year, which is a lot. And I spent a lot of time on the road. But while it is fun and it is interesting and it is adventurous, there were also some downsides. So let's get into what didn't go so well. All right. So not everything in 2017 went awesomely. There were a few things that I was frustrated with and uh, a few lowlights of the year. Number one, uh, I spent a lot of 2017 housekeeping. There were a lot of little things that I had to clean up from all of the legal issues from 2016 and 2015 and just a lot of other things that I wasn't super happy uh, about uh, taking care of that had happened in previous years and they just needed to be cleaned up and taken care of. And that was frustrating to have to continue to deal with that even though the actual incidents were over. So I spent a lot of time cleaning up the mess from previous years, but that's all cleaned up. It's all ready to go. It was annoying, but it's done. The other thing that I was frustrated about was the business itself had a meh year. I say meh because it wasn't bad. But it wasn't great. And because I was spending a lot of time on 777, which was a great adventure and philanthropic 
project. Uh, it was harder to get some of the business aspects of the business uh, locked in and done. And the last half of the year has been good for that. But the first half of the year, it definitely suffered. The other thing that was frustrating was I don't have a home currently. I got rid of my apartment when I first started traveling about 18 months ago. And for the first six months of the year, I was not back in the States. I was maybe in the States for one week the first six months of the year in 2017. And so I didn't need an apartment. But now that I'm back stateside and I'm around a little bit more, it's been a little bit frustrating not to have your own space, not to be able to do your own thing. And uh, that's been one of my bigger frustrations of the past few months, and I'm fixing that early 2018. Now, some of the lowlights of the year, not having a base bothered me more than I thought it would. Traveling constantly for nine to 12 months out of a backpack is just much harder and much more difficult, uh, especially if you're trying to run a productive business, and that was really frustrating. I felt like sometimes I was playing business more than I was doing business, uh, and that's just a function of being on the road as much as I was and not having uh, the ability to sit down and focus as much as I would have liked. Uh, I also got stuck in Doha for 48 hours where they pulled me off the plane, took my passport. I had to go to the embassy, get another passport, get on the next flight the next day. Uh, it was a whole shenanigan that was just ridiculous. Still one of the most frustrating experiences I've ever had in ever travel. And I never want to go back to Doha. But that was another one of those stories that was it was annoying in the moment, but it makes for a good story afterwards. And if you want the full story on that, I've got a blog post that I'll link to in the show notes that tells you exactly what happened and why you should always avoid Doha. <laughs> also, for you travel hackers out there, uh, one of my goals this year was to get executive platinum status on American. And if you know anything about American, they just changed how they handle their status. And so while all the flights that I flew this year would have normally counted for above and beyond executive platinum, because the way they changed the rules this year, I might just get Platinum Pro, which is a very first world problem to have. All right, maybe I shouldn't have that under my lowlights, but it was a little bit frustrating. And when you live on a plane, sometimes, somehow, these things start to seem like a bigger deal. So... <laughs> That's it for my 2017 year in review. If you guys would like your own annual review template, go to impossiblehq.com slash annual review and you can get one there for free. All right, guys, so that's the show for today. If you guys want your own annual review, go to impossiblehq.com slash annual review. Also, if you want to support the show, go ahead and leave a rating or review on iTunes or Google Play. Uh, it helps us reach a ton of people. Uh, we're on the front page of Apple Music, a podcast store today. So if you head on over to iTunes and leave us a review, it's going to help a ton. Also, if you're looking to push your limits and do something on your impossible list, head on over to Impossible Gear today to get your Impossible t-shirt. They look awesome, they feel great, and you may decide to do a thousand push-ups in a row. Maybe. It's the best way to get comfortable while getting uncomfortable, and you look awesome doing it. So check it out, impossiblegear.com. Also, cold shower therapy. If you want to change your mindset, the best way I know how is to take a freezing cold shower 30 days in a row. And I know you're saying, hey, you know, Joel, it's winter. It's cold. I know. That's the point. So we're actually going to be doing a cold shower challenge here in January. But if you want to check out cold shower therapy, 
on your own. Check it out at coldshowertherapy.com. There's a mindset course. There's a free app you can download to help challenge yourself mentally, push your limits, and reframe how you view the rest of the day after your shower. Also, if you're an athlete or you're just someone who's trying to get rid of a lot of aches and pains that you've got from sitting down all day, check out movewellapp.com. It's the best mobility app on the planet. It's a free app to download. You can check it out and it'll give you step-by-step instructions on how to do different mobility exercises and routines in less than 15 minutes a day. If you want to perform better, if you want to be a better athlete, if you want to get stronger, if you just want to prevent injuries, Movewell app is the best app out there. It's free to download and your body's going to thank you later. So check it out. So that's all we have for today's show. I'll have a new podcast for you guys talking about what my plans are for 2018. But until then, keep pushing your limits and do something impossible.